Don't stand to your feet, and while you're standing, go ahead and turn in Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse number 6. This is a familiar passage of scripture, and God's going to help us today. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Father, your word is eternal. And Father, we posture ourselves this morning, God, to receive of the Holy Spirit of what you want to say to us today. Father, we reverence you. If the Holy Spirit don't come and help us, God, we're not going to be able to do this. We need the Holy Spirit to come and open hearts, open minds, give us revelation, give us understanding. Holy Spirit, will you please ascend on this place? And Father, while you're at it, Lord, ascend on me and fill me with your spirit. Give me the capacity, Lord, to teach and to preach precisely, God, what you want your people to know. None of me and all of you. God, our hearts is anticipating right now. We're ready to receive. We are anxious to receive. But not only that, God, we are prepared to obey what we hear so that we won't just be hearers of the word, but we'll be doers. And that's our goal here today. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We're in the last part of our series entitled Ignite. My prayer has been throughout this series that you would really spark that fire, that desire, that love for God that some of us once had. And we find ourselves struggling to retain it. And so we took some time really to just pray. And God has been really talking to us about returning to him, uh, loving him. Last week he taught us, he spoke to us about his word and how we will develop a passion for God through learning his word. How many of you know that you cannot love somebody you don't know? And God's word is sort of, is not sort of, it is a revealer of who God is. And we said last week, and I want, as we're closing this series, I want you to understand that the Christian life is supposed to be a life of deep passion. It's supposed to be a life of great enthusiasm and excitement. When you read of the apostles' account in, in, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and, and, and James and the Gospels, there's a theme throughout the, all of those books. And, and, and there is a passion. There is a sort of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of turning over their complete lives to Jesus. They, and, and it never grows old. How many know that your love for God, your desire for God should never, ever grow old? Your passion should remain, and your, your love for God, it, it, let me tell you something, 
uh, God designed you to love him and to find your satisfaction in him and primarily him alone. Because the reality of it is, is that many of us have tried so many other things. And how many of you would say, Pastor, they, they, they didn't work. They didn't satisfy, not like Jesus can. He's the same today and forever. Yesterday and forever. He's the same. God never changed. We do at times. But the reality of it is, is I want you to know today from the depths of my heart, you can have a relationship with God that is not boring. How do you know the church ain't supposed to be boring? That the people of God are not supposed to be boring. We are full of life. How many know when Jesus rose, we got it? How many know that everyone who's saved today, do you not know that you rose again from the dead? And that when the resurrection life has a smile on it. Resurrection life, it jumps up and down. Resurrection life is passionate. It is not a life that is boring and a drag. It's a life that is meant to be lived to the fullest. And I want to talk to you this morning about a subject that I pray that you'll get excited about. And that is ignite your passion for God through prayer. Igniting your passion for God through prayer. Let me first say this. Prayer basically is communicating with God. If you strip it down, I can give you the deep theological and I can give you the Hebrew. I, I can do all of that. But at the end of the day, prayer is really about communicating with God. As I said a moment ago, God desires deep relationship with all of his, his, his people. Show me a passionate Christian. Show me a Christian that is passionate about God. I'll show you a Christian that is passionate about prayer. The fact of the matter is, many of us, and we're going to be honest today, many of us, we have a prayerless Christian life. Or some of us, our, prayers, our prayer life is only relegated to when things go bad. We have a situation, then we call on the name of the Lord. But as we said earlier, how many know the Bible, the Bible says we're to bless the Lord at all times. His praise is to continually be in my mouth. How many know that we are supposed to be always communicating with God? Always. Always. And I understand that the fall of man and the sin in, in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, how far that, 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 that fall, what it really did to the human race, but it, it separated us. It made communicating with God very difficult. But how many know that Jesus came back to restore all of that? Because at the end of the day, God wants to talk to you. Some of you, you, you hear that and it, and it doesn't resonate. God wants to talk to you and primarily God speaks through his word. We understand that. But something about the, uh, the Marys. How many know we got too many Marthas in the church? We got too many Marthas. You're just too busy. You're busy, you're busy. You got so much, you got so much going on that you have very little time to talk with God. And there's no wonder why oftentimes our life is off course and we're not hearing because how many know that we haven't trained ourselves to be in the presence of God and to pray and seek his face? How, how many know it's hard to hear him? 
You slam your head up against the wall. You go crazy because you're not able to hear what's going. You can't hear him because you haven't spent time. You know, how, how many know that? How many got somebody here that you love? Come on, raise your hand, everybody. Amen. I, I love my wife up there. She's right over here to my right. And how many know that if I only spoke to my wife once a day, I got up in the morning, I said, babe, I, I love you. Have a great day today. And I said nothing else to her the rest of the day. How many know we'll probably have a relational problem? Some of you got really cute. Because you do a little devotion in the morning and you pray to God for those 5, 10, 15 minutes. And then you don't talk to God the rest of the day. And then you wonder why I don't feel God's presence. Prayer is the vehicle. Hear me, church. It's the vehicle that, that would ignite your passion with God. you got to do it. And unfortunately, in the life of the church, we've developed so many rules, you know, that we make prayer even more intimidating. Tell people, oh, man, you know, if you really want to be spiritual, if you really want to hear from God, man, you got to spend five hours in prayer. How many know that, that most of us right there, we're going to shut the book, I'm done. Ain't no need to listen. I ain't Oh, you know, oh, if you really want God to hear you, brother, so you really got to be bowed down on your face, snotting tears. You know? Oh, you, if you really want to hear God, you got to get up at 2 o'clock a.m. in the morning and pray the rest of the night in prayer. That's the only way to do it. If you don't do that, man, you ain't really. And so what we, we come up with these man-made rules, and we are making prayer mechanical. How many know that a, a, a real authentic relationship is not mechanical and, ro and robotic? Your life with God is supposed to be vibrant, spontaneous, full of love, full of life. It's not to be. To be. I mean, your prayer life, your talking to God should be just like breathing. God, I love you. Breathing. How long did that take? You can breathe all day long. Love messages to God. And unfortunately, the devil has hoodwinked a lot of us because we don't, we don't understand the power of prayer. Because you think of prayer, you, you think of all these things, all these walls. That we, I just mentioned a few of them. And, and you don't understand that at the end of the day, it's just pouring out your heart to him and talking to him. It's as simple as that. Why pray? A couple of verses, and we're going to go back to our verse in uh, Philippians chapter number four, verses six and seven. I like this verse. So we're going to talk about why, why, why pray. So why do we need to pray? Number one, God commands us to pray. Look at the neighbor and say, that's good enough. Because <laughs> how many know that whatever God commands you to do is better for you? Is anybody, is anybody, is anybody hearing that this morning? Whatever God gives you a command, you may as well take it to the bank. It is good for you. You may not like it. It may not resonate with you. But how many know that you will never find anything, anybody on the planet that will ever love you more than God? Philippians 4, 7 says, be anxious for nothing. Well, Pastor, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, I got some things. It's pretty deep. He says, be anxious for nothing. I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of you are anxious right now. You're worried right now because your prayer life is almost non-existent. 
Let me tell you something. If you want to get rid of worry, if you want to kick worry in the butt, pray more. Pray. Pray. He says, be anxious for nothing. God don't want you, I mean, God don't want you worried about nothing. If you're sitting here this morning and you're worried, alert, it's your fault. I mean, the, the Bible, the Bible say, I want you to be anxious for what? Nothing. nothing. But in everything, everybody say everything. everything. Prayer and supplication with, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to who? How many of you want God to do some stuff for you? Come on, is anybody in the house? Come on, church. He said, now here's the promise. How many of you want to take God at his word? He says, and the peace of God. I don't know about you, but I want his peace. I don't want to live a life pulling my hair out. I don't want to live a life worried and losing weight because I can't sleep and I can't eat. Come on, the devil is a liar. He said, and the peace of God, watch this, which surpasses all understanding. Here's what God is saying. Look, look, look. He said, listen. He said, if you cast all your care upon me and you don't worry about a thing, if you just pray and give it all to me, he says, here's what I'll give you in exchange. I'll give you a peace that don't even make sense. People around you will look at your life and say, what is up with you? I know the problems that you're having. I know the situation that you're dealing with. And you're looking, you're standing here, and you look like you're okay with it. Why are you laughing for? I got peace. That surpasses understanding. In other words, in other words, this piece will blow your own mind because it's past the natural. He said he will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. Second Chronicles 7.14. Look at this. If my people Boy, I can preach right there all day. He says, if my people who are called by my name Humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now hear this. Watch this. He says, if my people. He, my people are those who have confessed Christ as Savior. My people are those who believe in Jesus. My people are those who are in the kingdom of God. He said, if my people, watch this, not the government, not the CEOs, not the principals. He says, if my people who are called by my name, he said, if my people, how many know that if something is wrong in our communities, how many know the people of God ought to be, ought to take some responsibility? He said, because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. See, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about the fact that they don't allow prayer in the schools. I'm more worried about the fact that we don't have prayers in the church. I'm more worried about the church not praying. 
Forget about the schools. Because he said, if my people, he, listen, he's not even putting the responsibility on, on, on the folks out there. He's putting it back on us. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I'll hear their name whether they act right or not. I'll do it. I'll do it if my people who are called by my name. How many know that you have been placed here as an agent of change? God has planted you right here in this community so that you can pray for it. How many know that all the problems that we're facing, if you're not discerning right now, our nation is in trouble. Uh, let me, let me, y'all not, y'all not, wake up. Our nation is in trouble. But God said, if my people, how many want to see some change? How many want to see God move? How many know that we're the ones that get God moving amongst the nations? Amongst the people. He said, if my people, not Hollywood, <laughs> you wait for Hollywood, you're tripping. He said, if my people who are called by, by, called by my name will humble themselves and pray. See, how many know that humility has to do with you coming to a place where you say, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to figure this all out on my own. I can't do it without you, God. God. How many know that all the church need to be that way? We need to humble ourselves in the presence of God and say, God, I need you. I don't care how smart you are. Listen, I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care how much money you got. You can't pull this off. How many know that we all need to humble ourselves? If you're a billionaire to a person that's living on the street, you've got to humble yourself to God. He says, now listen, if my people are called by my, by my name, Humble themselves and pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Oh, God said, if they would just call on me, if they would just talk to me. He said, watch this. Here's the, here's the other thing. Turn from your wicked ways. See, how many know we don't like to talk about sin no more in church because everything's about love? <laughs> I love love, but how many know this sin? How many know that the Bible says we got to turn from our wicked ways? How many know that sin will hinder your capacity to be able to touch the throne room of God? Sin. He said, how many know that? He said, turn. Turn means what? Come on. He said, and turn from your wicked ways. He said, then I will hear from heaven. He said, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Ain't that a good bargain? So, so watch this church. The church, the church is the vehicle that brings healing to our communities, the church. Jesus in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. I got to run. Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out, listen to this church, and drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, look at this church, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. See, now it wasn't so much that Jesus had a problem with people selling or buying in the church. The problem was, that's what it was all about. <laughs> there were people who were in the church that were stealing, they were thieves, and it was just about money, money, money. And, and Jesus walked over and he saw that. And how many know, there's one of the few times in the Bible where you see Jesus lose it. In fact, I would say it's probably one of the only times you see him lose. I mean, he walks in, and Jesus gets mad, and he, and he sees this thing going in the wrong direction. He comes in, church, and he flips over the table, and he drives them all again. Get out! 
How many know that sometimes the only way, listen to me, not sometimes, but how many know the only way to deal with the spirit of the enemy sometimes, you just got to push him out? <laughs> yeah. Jesus said this. Watch this. Here's what Jesus said. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Here's what Jesus was really saying, church. He was saying that, that my people, if they don't talk to me, if they don't get this prayer thing right, they are doomed before they start. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. In other words, when people think about the church, the first thing they ought to think about is that this is a place that brings healing. This is a place where people come and they seek the face of God. He said, my church ought to be known as that. Because what Jesus was saying, and everything that he built in his disciples, are you listening? Say amen. Everything he spent all that time laying a foundation in them, teaching them. But how many know that if they didn't get this prayer thing right, Jesus was saying that, 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 that it's not going to work. How many know that effective ministry starts with prayer? Amen. 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 Some of us want to do ministry, you don't want to pray. You just want to show up, you want to do stuff. You just want to come in and perform a function and have no prayer life with God. Let me tell you something, you're fooling yourself. Can I be honest with you? God wants more. Let me tell you, the demons that we're facing out there will take some people coming to this altar and praying. Amen. You're not going to listen. Listen, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer. In other words, my people got to know, if they don't get this right, they're doomed from the start. So you know what he did? He was so angry, he turned the tables over. He got mad, drove them all out. He said, no, I got to do this right. How many, how many know that when there's a threat to the thing that God has called you to do and the purpose, sometimes you just got to get mad and throw some things out? You look at that and say, well, why Jesus was so passionate about that? Because he's passionate about prayer. Because he knew the prayer was key to everything. Another reason why we want to pray is because effective prayer accomplishes a lot. How many believe that prayer accomplishes a lot? Let me see your hands. Confess your trespasses one to another. How many of you like doing that? How many of you have, how many of you have been, how many of you having some struggles right now and, and you ain't talking to nobody about it? <laughs> the Bible says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be what? Healed. But look at this. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth what? A teeny weeny bit? Much. A little bit? Much. A smidget? Much. He says the effective fervor. You know the word fervent? I looked it up. It means hot. Passionate. High energy prayers. He said the, the prayers, the effective fervor prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Not just a little bit. So watch this. I don't know about you, but when, 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 listen, when I want God, when I want God to really move, when I really, listen, when I'm in the trenches and I'm battling and I'm praying, let me tell you, I find me some folk that know how to get to God. And listen to me, and I find me some folk that are walking right. Let me, raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Because, you, you know, I've had people want to be part of a, listen, they want to lead the prayer ministry, but they ain't right. In, they, they, all, they can't even say, listen, they can't even do the basics of the faith. The prayers of a righteous man. How many know that we got to walk what we say? It ain't about so much scripture. It's about righteousness. How many know, let me can I give you a hint? 
that when you really believe in God about something and you want it, you really need somebody to pray with you because we all need it. Find you somebody that you know that are in line with God, that are walking with God. Everybody say walking with God. I'm not there. Somebody and get them to pray with you. Let me tell you something because that accomplishes a whole lot. And you join your faith and my faith, baby. We can move mountains together. Oh God, we can move mountains. Because the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and the enemy knows that. That's why church. He that's why he wants you to get. He don't want you to roll our prayer meeting. Since the we stand up here every week and say Foundation Church we have prayer from six and seven, and the same people been sewing up for three years. Nobody else show up. And the devil loves that. But you get me some folk with me? Come on, church, that got faith that will believe God and that are walking with God. Boy, we can turn this city upside down for Jesus. Because he said the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Don't let the devil steal from you. You pray much, often as you can. The context there is one another. Everybody say one another. See, that's the context. All right. We're going to keep going. So look, look, I'm gonna, for a few more minutes, like, give, me, give me a few more minutes. Watch this. So I'm going to give you just four keys that will ignite your prayer life. Four keys that will ignite your prayer life. Keys to answered prayer. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me say this to you before I go into that. Nothing will ignite your passion more for prayer and for God than when you pray and God answers your prayer. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever prayed something and God showed up? But you, but you were happy, weren't you? But you did a dance. You were all excited. Because I prayed. Let me tell you something. Nothing, nothing will get you more passionate, more excited, church, than the, than the pray and then God shows up and do exactly what you ask. I'm, I, I'm, I've been doing all my, look, for 20 some years, it's been a bliss. God just shows up and God does, he does stuff that I don't even say out loud. He just does stuff I pray in my heart. I don't even talk about God does it. I mean, that's when you know you're walking in his favor. When you just think it and God, he does it. I mean, I just, there been times I, Lord, I, just, I would just like to have, bam. Like, oh, Jesus, whoa, watch. How many know, know that's how good it can be with the Lord? Amen. Number one, four keys. Here it is right here. Are you, are you with me? You see it with me? Say amen. amen. Pray according to his will. All right, let me, let me give you, let me, let me tell you something right now. It sounds elementary. It sounds, it doesn't sound too deep. But do you not know that praying in the will of God is critical to getting your prayers answered? Jesus said this. Jesus says, Father, now he, had, he was about to take on the sins of the entire world. I mean, no, just, just taking on my sin enough will wear a person down. <laughs> Jesus had to take on the all the sins of the entire world. And he said, Father, if it be possible, he said, if it's possible, remove this cup from me. Take it away. But then he, he backs it right back up and he says this, not as I will, but as you will. How many know that the context that believers, here, listen to what I'm saying. Listen, are you still listening to say amen? That fundamentally, that when you approach prayer, you always approach it from the standpoint of God, you're sovereign. How many know there are too many people? Listen, I've been around a long time. There are too many church people that try to manipulate God. How many know you can't manipulate God? 
can't do it. He said, watch this. He said, and pray, we got to pray according to his will. See? He says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, everybody say anything, according to his will, he hears it. Oh, that's deep. Did, did you get that? He said, if you ask me anything according to my will, done. So watch, I got to approach this thing. I'm going to approach this thing with this attitude. Look, look, God, this is what I'm believing for. God, this is what I'm praying for. But God, just in case, check me. Because God, I want you to know I'm committed to doing what you want me to do, even if I don't like it. Because I know, God, that your way is always better for me. Because you see better than I see. You see further than I see. How many of you want to make an impact for God? So, I, so listen, you can't pray. How many know God, God has given us his will in the scripture? Uh, you know, the, the things that are very clear. How many know the things that God says in his word? Come on, it's his will. How many know that we don't have to pray about immorality? Well, I'm going to pray about it. I love this person. I, you know, even though we are not married, I'm going to have sex with everybody else. Let me tell you something right now. You don't need to pray about it because the Bible says abstain from sexual immorality. You don't need to pray about what God always said don't do. I don't get it. You got too many people talking about, I'm going to pray. What you going to pray? What you going to pray? How are you going to pray? What, I, I want an answer. What are you going to pray? If he already told you what his will is, what you going to pray? This is where to give thanks in all situations. This is the will of God concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. How many know that's God's will? How many know it's God's will that you be thankful? the will of God. You may not like it. How many know, the Bible said, do not steal. I don't need to go and pray and ask God, oh Lord, can you make this one exception for me? <laughs> some of us, man, we come up with some stuff. I mean, we do, man. We come up with some stuff and we try to make God fit into, and, 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 and I, I don't know what God does with us sometimes. I mean, I just, I, I wonder what he thinks. I'm just so glad he's patient. Is anybody, come on, give Jesus the praise clap. Come on, give him a praise clap. I mean, I mean, because we're some messed up people sometimes. A lot of times, oftentimes. So we need to, so we need to pray his will. And then if we don't know what God will in the situation, we need to do what he's already told us to do while we wait. Do what he's told you to do. Do that. Well, Pastor, I don't know what else to do. What he told you to do? Do that. And then, how many know that he'll lead you step by step? Because the just shall live by faith. God is going to, listen, I've been walking God for a long time. He don't just unveil his whole plan in you. If you ever hear people say, God gave me the full, listen, just say, say uh, let a red flag go up. Let me tell you something. The apostle Paul had such deep revelation. The apostle Paul had to be humble. God, Paul said, because I had so, so much revelation, and because pride was seeking in, he said, he said God had to, he, had, he sent a, a messenger of Satan to buffer me to keep me humble. How many know that God wants you walking by faith? <laughs> he wants you believing him every day. Number two, we said this earlier, you got to avoid sinful lifestyles. Listen, listen to this, listen to this. Everybody say lifestyle. Now we all have moments of sin. I get it. But that's not an excuse to sin. You understand that? Let me say that again. We all have moments of sin, but that's not, a, there's not, a, that's not an excuse to sin. There's a difference. All right? We all have moments when we stumble in some stuff, but that is no excuse to walk in some stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
uh, Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 3 says this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. How many know God can hear? How many know God ain't deaf? God can hear your prayer, my prayer, all at the same time. God can, listen, God hears everything. There ain't nothing to get past God's ears. Not one thing. He hears everything. He sees everything. He knows everything. That's what it means when it says he's omniscient, all-knowing. He knows every, every look, everybody say, everything. Yeah, I like that. That's it. I like that. So behold, the Lord's hand is not sure that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But watch this. Look at this. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Ain't that deep? And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perversity. Don't let nobody tell you that you can live any old kind of way you can hear from God. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. I'm just being honest with you. Do you want me to... Do you want me to placate? Do you want me to say, listen, if we're living lives, I'm talking about lifestyles of sin, can I say something? It's going to be really hard for you to hear anything from God. Particularly if you know better. And he's already revealed it to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying we got to be perfect, but how many know we can't be living lives of just open sin and think that that has no capacity, no effect on our ability to hear God? Listen, you, you want God to hear your prayers. You got to pray in His will and you got to avoid sin as much as you can. Number three, pray in faith. Everybody say faith. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But he who comes to God must believe that He is, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So here's the, here's the key. If you want to hear from God, let I me mean, know that when you do pray, you got to pray in faith. You can't be doubting. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, James says. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Let me tell you something. Once you prayed and you've read the word of God and you, and you believe you're praying according to his will, as far as you know, you're praying exactly the way God wants you to pray. How many know at that moment you need to pray with faith? You need to pray with faith. You need to declare some things. Um, you know, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. You know, many of you know that, that I, you know, my other job, I travel a lot. So I'm always staying in hotels room. So, you know, whenever you go to a hotel, you know, they always give you a, an access key, a room key, you know. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I stay in Marriott's. Everybody say Marriott's. I like Marriott's. But, so, but you know, when they give me that access key, when I go up to my room, you know, when I get the access key, when I go in, you know, I get that little key. I don't go in like this. Go to, I don't go to my room like this. I'm like, well, I, I hope I can go in. I, I, I hope it's okay. It's it. No, no. I walk with the access key. I walk to my with that key. I walk with. I walk in the hotel with swag. In fact, I walk down the hall like I own the joint. And then if you're looking at me when I'm, when I'm getting ready to go in my room, and if you're looking at me, I'm looking back at you like, what you looking at? This is my room. Got access. What are you looking at me? Boom. I walk in the room. And when I walk in the room, I don't walk in there timid. I walk in there, kick my shoes off. I throw my bag on there. I hop up on that bed. I cut the TV off. Why? Because I have a right. Let me tell you something. You ought to come to the throne. Listen, the Bible says, let her come boldly before the throne of grace. Why? Because you have a right. 
don't come before the throne of God timid and scared. No, you come with your head up. You come knowing that you have royalty in your blood. You come, you come with boldness. You walk into the throne of God, listen to the presence of God, like you have a right. I belong here. Why are you looking at me like that? Boldness. I mean, that's how we ought to praise God. I didn't say pride. I have a right. And you know, what, you know why I have a right? Because I did not frustrate the grace of God. <laughs> Jesus is my access. And, 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 and if he told me to come boldly, I don't know about you, but I'm coming boldly. Uh, if he already told me what to do, Lord, good, I'm coming right up here. I ain't coming like this. No, God, I don't really know if you really going to hear me. Oh, the devil is alive. Pray with your faith. Get some in Jesus' name. All right, number four. Lastly, pray without ceasing. This is the last one. Pray without ceasing. You know, it's hard all day. You can't spend all day in a posture where you're just praying. You got the sackcloth and ashes. You're in the corner. You're going to pray all day because you got a job to do, right? Right? You got a job. You got family. You got responsibility. By the way, the man on the job, he pays you to do work. He don't want to see you over there in the corner praying for 40 minutes, an hour, two hours. But yet, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. Pastor, how am I going to pray without ceasing? I got responsibility. You know, I said this earlier that, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to close, but listen to this. That when it comes down to communicating with God, it is not about the five minutes you spend with God in devotional time. I mean, no, that ought to just be the start of it. But, but praying without ceasing means that I'm always, watch this church, I'm in a spirit of prayer. I have an awareness of God. So you know what I do? I'm, being, I'm breathing prayers all day long. All day long. Sometimes my prayer is, Lord, give me strength. <laughs> Some of you know I'm talking, Lord, help me. Lord, help them. <laughs> Some, so you're, some of you know what I'm talking about. But that's a form of, but I'm, I, why? Because I'm talking, I'm talking to God all day. You remember when Jesus got ready to raise Lazarus from the dead? Y'all remember that? And Jesus got ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he come over there and, and, and they, they said, Jesus, show me where he's at. And he said, they said, remove the stone. Roll away the stone. Now, you would think, if you, listen to me, y'all say, listen, say amen. amen. You would think if you're going to raise somebody from the dead, I mean, you're going to have a, a serious prayer meeting. You know, because you, you're about to do that. That's the best bit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, bro. I mean, we thought we were going to raise somebody from the dead. Brother, we need to pray for like three. We need, look, we need to pray for at least like three, four days. We need to have some folks all over the country. I mean, we need to be having them on a hotline, brother. I mean, we need to call our all. I mean, because we about to raise our brother from the dead. <laughs> That's deep. So we need to assemble everybody together, right? Because, man, this is a, this is a, we need, he, you know, Jesus, let me tell you something. With Jesus, Jesus, look at John, look, look at John 11, 41 and 42. Look at this, John 11, 41 and 42. I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, okay, everybody, let's go get a whole bunch of folk together and let's pray. 
He lifted up his eyes and said, hey, everybody, hey, look, 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 stop. We need to pray real. We need to fast. Pray. Now, he lifted up his eyes. Watch this. He said, Father, I thank you that you've already heard me. He said, and I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said it that they may believe that you sent me. How many know that Jesus was already there? How many know that we ought to be living our lives in such a way that we're, all we got there is say, all we have to do is say, Father, I thank you that you already heard me because I've been here all day. I've been here all day. I didn't just arrive. I've been walking in this thing all day long. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. You stand in a place where you're constantly breathing out prayers to God. And it doesn't matter. And let me know, it don't have to be two hours. It don't have to be five, 20 minutes. It can, it can be two minutes. But it's two minutes all day. Two minutes here, minute there, second there, whatever you need. But I'm constantly talking to my God all day. Just, just get used to do practice that. David said this, and I'm, I'm done. I'm really done. Listen to this. This is beautiful. David said this in Psalm 116, verses 1 through 4. He says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Watch this. Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surround me and the pains of Sheol lay hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow, but then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, you delivered my soul. David said, I love the Lord because he hears me. David was passionate about prayer because he knew when he talked to God, God responded. He said, therefore, I'm going to call on him every day of my life. You can have that passion today. That's the way your prayer, your prayer life is meant to be that way. Don't let the devil keep stealing from you. You're communicating with God. Listen, let me tell you something. If you, you get committed with prayer, your passion will come back strong. You get committed to prayer. Let me tell you, you'll, you'll get passion. You'll get passion. And your life, your life will never be the same. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.